Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, hello. Episode 138. Avoid these attraction killers. This is for whether or not you are dating or in a relationship. Attraction is that yummy desire for your partner, the feeling that most people are actually chasing, right? The thing that brings us close to someone is we're attracted to them because we can be attracted to people at every level, physically, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, and we knew, you know, Kate and I have been talking a lot about the behaviors of women <laughs> in dating, dating and relationships. And we want to bring to light that if you are engaging in these things, you're literally, it's like being closed off to love and also making it impossible for someone to be attracted to you and actually get to know you. And in my experience, watching this among so many women, this is pervasive, like that this is so constant and that's why we're bringing it to light. Yep. So <laughs> bottom line is radical responsibility, <laughs> like radical responsibility for your part, because yeah. as always, like it's so easy. The world we live in teaches us to blame everyone else for our experience, blame men, blame the city you live in, blame the dating culture, blame the apps, blame your partner, blame whoever. I mean, how many married women are like, well, my husband's not attracted to me anymore. So, you know, maybe I should leave the relationship or, um, whatever the story is. It's, it, we, it's so easy to look outward, but the problem with looking outward, the biggest problem with looking outward is you, there's no resolution there. Right. You actually can't, I was even thinking the other day, of the issue with going for marriage counseling before you've done any individual work, because it's like, if the focus is on the, the union or the relationship, but you haven't done your own work within, in it, it's still the same. It's still the same thing. It's like, Hey, here's how you have to behave differently. So I don't feel pain. Here's how you have to behave differently versus learning your own mm. inner world first. And all of the places where you're blocking yourself from love and from experiencing the, what you desire. And everyone wants a conscious relationship, but a conscious relationship has to be made up of people who are conscious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and so you, you, you rate and, and right. You're here, you're listening to the podcast. You are raising your consciousness around love. And I, I don't imagine you're going to be surprised by the things we're about to share in this episode. However, we hope you get really, 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 really honest with yourself and clear that this is contributing to people not being able to love you. Right. And if you want love, if you want the relationship, if you want a passionate, connected, intimate, fully beautiful life, right. This is also going to be about friends. These are the things that keep that from happening. So are you ready for the, what I think is number freaking one? 
of attraction mm-hmm. destroyer, attraction killer is perfectionism. Mm. And I have wanted to talk about this and, and we've, we've mentioned it probably in like every single episode, but I've wanted to talk about this for so long because it is so debilitating for women. And, and first it starts with thinking that there's a perfect way to present yourself on a date. And then it starts getting really bad when we think everyone's life is perfect based on pictures on social media, right? The amount of clients that I've had over the past 10 years saying, you know, look at their, I mean, literally what they say is look at their perfect life. I want that life for the 10 millionth time. You have no idea what is going on behind closed doors. I posted a lot of really great pictures with my ex and I was crying myself to sleep every single night. We looked epic on Facebook. We did yoga together. I was visiting him in San Diego. We meditated together. Like there were some pretty epic pictures and I was crying myself to sleep every single night. And what, why perfectionism is so bad and and is an attraction killer is because it's inauthentic. There's nothing real about perfectionism and all, all across the board, um, people will say with dating, they fell in love through vulnerability. They fell in love through honesty. You know, one of my best friends, her husband still says it. Literally, he says, I fell in love with her the day I saw her cry for the first time, right? Like people want authentic and real connection, but if you're trying to be perfect, that's why you don't have it. There is no perfect way of showing up on a date. And here's the other secret about confidence. Go listen to our episode about confidence. When you're confident, you actually are able to show up imperfectly. Because confidence is about healthy self-esteem. Confidence is I don't have to present myself a certain way in order to get your attention or get you to love me. You just are who you are. And when you are confident, you're not embarrassed by what is imperfect about you. And I, I just had a conversation with a client this weekend, actually, on questions to ask, like guys she's dating. And I said, be wary of the guy. This is not always a narcissist, but it'll tend to be this way. Be wary of the guy who can't talk about the things that he's like learning about or growing or, or the mistakes he's made in his relationships. Like humility and humanity are what builds attraction, right? And think about it for yourself. Like when, have, when who's the person that we just, even if you want to be their friend, right? Like the person who's just utterly themselves is the most attractive person in the room right? That, that's the person we automatically want to be around. We don't want to be around the person who's uptight, standing in the corner, looks like not a single hair out of place, right? Putting on a show and we can feel it. I can feel it with men. I could feel it on dates. So they would be like, a, it was like this charmer, gross, like just not real, like who they think they're supposed to be versus mm-hmm. that relaxed energy of just here I am. This is what I have to offer. And perfectionism is a major, major, major attraction killer and just self-esteem killer, right? When you're all day long on social media, it's impossible to feel good about yourself or feel good about your life. If you're deciding, you know, what's true for other people, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like the more curated the account looks and the more photos they have of the perfect couple, probably the less happy they are. Not a hundred percent of the time, but often there's so many studies that have been done um, that, that prove this to be true. And I just think like, I was just actually talking with a friend and she was saying 
all of her married friends are miserable and they all have the most perfectly curated accounts. And they're all married to men that are like wealthy and they have their life looks perfect on paper. They have the house, they have the cars, they have the, the perfect kids. They have the, 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 this fake life. And I was saying in the reclamation the other day in my three month program that you know, when our protective mechanisms or saboteur is leading our lives, what happens is our life is for everybody else. It's a show. So our life is like, it's like a performance. And every choice we make is based on impressing other people, not wanting to let down other people, giving a shit what everyone else thinks. And we forget our own experience because when you're living from your soul, the only thing that that matters is you. The only thing that matters is how you feel. But if you're on a date like, oh, this guy's going to fit perfectly, and you might not use the word perfect, like you might not even identify with that word. But if you're even like reading a list in your head and you're on a date, instead of checking in with how you feel in your body and actually just being curious and present in the moment and like, like just having a good time like you would if you met a new friend, what, you know, let's say you're on an airplane and you have a great chat with someone and it's someone you're not attracted to, or it's a woman, like, or if you're not attracted to women that like, most likely you're not sitting there going, oh my gosh, this conversation is going so well. Maybe this is my future partner. Maybe we're going to, maybe I'm going to hear from them again. Maybe I'm going to, I mean, I usually, I usually exchange social media with people I bond with on airplanes, but, but it's, it's different, right? Because you're not attached to a result, but if you're dating from that place of the checklist in your head of the perfect life you're leading towards and the perfect relationship and the perfect partner, it is going to keep you from your inner experience. And that's going to keep you living a life that's all about making sure everyone else thinks you're doing life right and making sure society is approving of you and making sure your family's like, no, she's good. She's got everything together over there. Meanwhile, like so many women are like, absolutely miserable on the inside because they're not even living their life for themselves. So fuck perfectionism. It's not real. Fuck Instagram. It's also not real. Like I don't even post pictures of myself that are ugly on there. Like I only, I have many pictures where I have a double chin or like I look really, you know, big or whatever, like where I'm like, Ooh, I don't like that picture. And even though I teach what I teach, it's still maybe a, that should be a challenge. I wish I didn't say this out loud, but <laughs> posting a picture where I'm like, Oh, I don't like that picture. Sure, but you know, my Instagram girl's like, this is a great picture. Okay, great. That's a challenge. I'm going to do that. But it's, it, I mean, we all do it to a degree, right? And then, so if you're comparing your life to that, don't. Like, it's such a trap. I'm so glad you brought that up at the beginning. It's so such a trap. And when you said the thing about the the people falling in love when they're, when you're crying or when you're vulnerable, like that's when we lean in the most because we're all human on the inside, waiting to meet another human. But we're all like pretending and being surrounded by all the, these fake humans. And Mark Groves did a post about this the other day that I loved. So it's like all these fake humans. And then we meet someone and we they're vulnerable or they share a painful thing that's going on or they they admit an insecurity. Or I, I, had, I was going to say I had a boyfriend in Australia who um, I had a concussion. I fell off a horse and I was projectile vomiting for four days. And, and like the first day it was like, exorcism. It was really gross. And he was holding my hair back and he was like, Oh my God, I'm in love with you. And I was like, what? And my face was green. It was so disgusting. And he was like, I've literally, normally this would gross me out so bad, but like this made me realize how much I love you. And I mean, it was, we were in our early twenties, but it's, it, it, that's it. Like people on the inside are humans. Everyone is. 
So soon as we admit our humanness, that's when we bond the most. At every level, friends, yes. romantic, it's, it's who you want to be around. And the, the pain for me about perfection is we then project perfection onto the relationship Whereas all, at least all of my mentors are healthy relationship is about how you dance with one another's imperfections, mm. right? And vulnerability doesn't mean that you have to share your freaking childhood trauma on a first date. You know, vul- vulnerability is making a mistake, right? Vulnerability is saying the thing that actually upsets your partner and then being like, oh shoot, I'm so sorry. That was absolutely the wrong thing to say. Right. And half of my work, you know, for doing childhood work, that's one of the big questions I'm asking. I'm asking, what was it like to make mistakes in your childhood home? Because based on whatever your parents did around mistakes, that actually fuels your perfectionism. And then, and then you have a culture that has all these kinds of stories about how to show up as a woman. But the, the gift of mistakes, the, the gift of flaws, the gift of being human is having the person next to you saying, yes, I love you. Right. And that's that's the unconditional love of parent to child, by the way. Right. And this is not about an excuse of you can behave horribly in relationship and still be loved because that's actually not how this works either. But watch out for the you know, the thing that kills me about the word perfect, too, is how many women stay in horrible relationships because they say to themselves, well, no relationship is perfect. Mm -hmm. Right. So no relationship is perfect is not an excuse to hang in for horrible behavior and toxic behavior. So it's, we live in all or nothing, right? I'm either trying to be perfect and presenting perfect or wanting perfect, or I'm just justifying, well, no relationship is perfect. So then I'm tolerating horrible things. And I know like it is vulnerable to be yourself in the world, right? I say this in every episode, every person on the planet would prefer not to be rejected, (laughs) would prefer to be liked, right? Would prefer to be loved and not everyone's going to love you. Not everyone's going to like you. That's an adult perspective. And if you are dating so that everyone likes you, I mean, this is what I can't, I can't really stand the one of the most famous books, right? Like make every, it's like, make every man want you. I think it's Marie Forleo's book that literally did. It's like what set off her career. You don't want every man to like you. You, Why do you need every man to like you? You need your person, your people, People. right? I feel so clear. I mean, I have the most amazing circle of friends right now. And, and with every single one, I'm Catherine. Right. There isn't like a game I'm playing with each person. So here's how, you know, you have perfectionism going on in your life. Are you who you are with every place you go? Right. Or, you know, you know, right now, as you're listening, like, wow, I I do like put on a show when I'm dating. So the next, the next attraction killer is performance, right? Putting on a show for a date, thinking that there's a certain way to behave, thinking, putting on a performance in sex, Mm-hmm. Right, let's go there for a second, right? You, you can't be yourself in the world if you don't know how to relax, if you don't know who you are. You won't be loved if you don't know who you are, if you don't present who you authentically are. And this is most of the time why re- relationships fall apart three months in is because you can only keep up the facade for so long, right? And then something slips through the cracks and the person you're dating is like, wait, what? Like, who is this? Who's this person? You just came out of nowhere. And you usually explode with resentment on some level because you haven't been real. So perfectionism is number one, performance is number two, and people-pleasing is number three. 
Oh, I love traction killers, alliteration, (laughs) perfection, performance, and people pleasing. Yeah. And I was thinking, um, I love that. I mean, people pleasing, gosh, all of them. They're so, they're so massive. And the, the, I was thinking about even like this, actually, I'm going to go back to perfection, like expecting men to be perfect or whoever you're, whoever you're on dates with, like there's this pressure and expectation, like where the saboteur is criticizing your, like your AKA your inner critic, your inner judgment judger is judging either yourself. Like, Oh, I need to wear the perfect outfit. I used to do this when I would go on dates in my early thirties, I would go shopping for hours. Wouldn't be able to find the perfect outfit would feel so devastated, would show up wearing something that always feel insecure that it wasn't the perfect outfit. Like it's doing that to ourselves. And then it's also doing it to the other person and sitting on the date and like having your judge hat on being like, well, this guy's not tall enough and he's not successful enough and he's not this enough and he's not. And again, if you've got he or she in your head and your focus is on them, you're missing your experience. And, and you could miss some really amazing aligned connections. Like soul connection comes from being in your body, being in the moment, being curious about them, being curious about what's happening inside of you when you're connecting with them. And, you know, this is why Catherine and I both do what we do. I mean, homecoming and the reclamation are so similar. It's like you, in, they're, they're different, but they're similar in that, like, it's coming home to who you really are so that you can date out there and you can be yourself and you can stop thinking you need to be something or you're looking for something perfect. It's just not real. And it's not ever going to satiate you. Like if you're looking for the perfect partner, first of all, you're never going to find them. And you know, when the moments of pain come up, that's the, that's the test of like, how do you handle it? Most people don't necessarily handle it well, whether they're fighting or shutting down, not that there's anything wrong with fighting, but if you don't know how to repair it, um, and also if the fighting's all the time, that's a different story. And some people just completely shut down and don't speak to what's going on. There's the nervous system responses, fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Fawn is like the people pleaser. Flight is like you just check out and leave your body or you run for the hills and you leave the relationship. Freeze is like your nervous system just shuts down and you don't say anything and you tolerate a bunch of crap. And so when we're in these, fight feels pretty self-explanatory, when we're in these experiences and our nervous system and our trauma, our pain from the past gets activated, that's what's happening in relationship. And if you don't know yourself and you don't know your pain, what happens is it just gets projected all onto the other person. And then your mind is like, oh shit, they're not the perfect person I thought they were. Or, oh shit, now they know I'm not the perfect person they thought I was. And often relationships end at that point, or that's when the patterns start. Mm-hmm. I mean, they started before with fantasy, but like that's when the dynamics of the relationship, the unhealthy dynamics start to play out. Like every time we fight, this is what she does. This is what he does. And then you wake up one day, you know, hating each other or not having sex or not feeling like yourself anymore. And, or many, 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 many other things, but it's because it's because this is what we're doing to begin with. So, um, yeah, you gotta know, I mean, gosh, we, this is every episode, but you gotta know yourself. You gotta know who you are. And so much, so many women think who they are is, is actually their protection. 
like I'm thinking about our, our episode two on how to be rejection proof. This is another plug for that one, because what is all, what's driving the perfectionism performance and people pleasing is the fear of being rejected. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. And I said that in this, that episode too, when you are pretending to be someone you're not, you're rejecting yourself. Mm-hmm. When you say yes and you mean no, you're rejecting yourself. So the rejection's never actually happening out there. Yeah. And when you are being yourself and someone said someone says, you know, I don't want to see you again or you're not a match for me, it doesn't actually sting as bad because you you were your authentic self. So then you can be in that place of like, well, I don't want someone who doesn't want me. But right? usually rejection stings so much because you've been rejecting yourself, right? So it just gets amplified with the person who says they don't want to date you. And with people pleasing, which again, it's these, these are survival adaptive responses, which is why healing is so important. And it is the first module of of homecoming around your nervous system. But what's happening with people pleasing is if someone can't feel the realness of who you are, Right. If you're just pretend, if you're pretending or saying yes, and you mean no, or going along with things that you're not actually interested in one, you're building resentment. So see our episode about resentment, but you're, someone can't actually feel you. Right. And, and you, you know, I'm sure you've been on dates. I mean, I have clients who now have said like, they can feel it about a man, like romance, just kind of saying the thing he thinks he's supposed to say, or what it feels like when someone can't have an opinion about something. So I feel like we did an episode about this where I said, you know, the secret to getting a second date is like own the things that you like, right? If someone says, Hey, did you like that movie? Say with, with enthusiasm, like yes or no, not like, Oh, I don't know. Did you like it? Mm-hmm. Like, like that we can't, we want that's confidence, right? Go listen to our episode on confidence. Look, we've got a lot of great episodes on the podcast, <laughs> Kate Harlow. Linked below. No, it's not. <laughs> that, that, you know, and, and I have clients who say this is a turn again, these are attraction killers. It's a turn off. If a man isn't straightforward, right. Right. It's a turn off. If someone's not saying, I like you, I like this, let's go to this restaurant. Like, this is the music that I love. It's you, because you can't feel that person. And so when we say know yourself, like sometimes it's not about like do this deep digging soul searching, you know, it's like, actually just get honest with yourself and say, wow, what do I like? What are my favorite movies? What are, what's the music that I love? Am I a beach person or a mountain person? Like what, what, what's my favorite food? Cause that is all actually part of who you are. And it doesn't mean that you won't then be open to other things, obviously, but it's, if you're not clear, like if you can't own, cause that's what confidence is. Confidence is the ownership of this is what's important to me, right? Know your freaking values. That's an exercise I'm doing with every single client because it isn't a checklist about the partner you're looking for because no one is. And here's the myth too. There is no perfect person for you. How about that? And what is the killer about perfectionism? Is that, that driving you when you're dating? Like I'm looking for the perfect person for me. No one will ever measure up to that. No. And we, without, with all or nothing in black and white thinking, that's not how life works right? Life is gray. Every relationship there is gray. And that the vulnerability of choosing a partner is I'm choosing their gifts and their imperfections, right? I'm choosing their mess and their past. And I'm choosing the future that we're going to create together. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but I have to make a choice. Yeah. 
And that's the difference with people pleasing is it's, you're just, you're afraid to own who you are rather than saying, you know what? Like the only way I'm going to be loved is being myself. There is no way around that. And I remember, I mean, I'm eight years in now with Andrew. I remember walking down the aisle. I knew who my husband was. I could not have predicted that he was going to get sick a freaking year later, but I knew the character of who that man was. Like I had clear eyes on my wedding day. And most people have rose colored freaking glasses for those first few months. Most people are pretending like things are fine when they're freaking not and you're marrying someone anyway, you know, and it's, it takes a lot of courage to be honest. But again, if you want the yummy attraction of desire and passion and polarity and connection, the only way that exists is with authenticity period. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was just thinking the, the walking down, like how many, how many couples have spent hundreds of thousands, hundreds, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of, and some, some in the millions, some people that have them have millions, um, on weddings and how like this perfect day, like that's, I mean, it's the fairy tale to the nth degree. It's like every detail has to be perfect and she has to look perfect. And she looks like a princess from a Disney movie and everything's all about perfection and what it looks like in the, in the exterior of it. And yet how many, like, I wonder what the actual percentages of those couples who've actually invested in their relationship and understanding how to know themselves and how to have a healthy relationship. Like I bet Probably it's in zero. the 0.0.00001. Like people don't even know, they don't even know to invest in their relationship because we're all just like energetically by society pushed towards this thing, especially as women. And so we're all just moving towards it without even like you stand there and say, yes, I'm going to be with you till death do us part. But you're not even, you don't even know how to do that. Like how to actually have a relationship. There is a flaw there. So I'm just going to highlight that. And then as you're talking about all of these things and all the P's and all the, I'm just, I'm just thinking about like, or more feeling the energetics of it. And like the energy of attraction is like, all of that's control. It's like doing all, and we have an episode on control. Was it, was it control in the title? Was controller over functioning or something? Over functioning. Yeah. Um, So it, it's all, these are all control mechanisms because we don't trust life. We don't, we don't trust our experience and our experience is meant to be its own unique, beautiful thing, which Melissa's episode last week is the perfect illustration Mm -hmm. of, and story of that, of like your journey is not going to look like anyone else's. It's not meant to. And so when we relinquish control, and we come home to ourselves, our bodies being in the moment, learning how to have more pleasure in your life, learning how to actually live a life you love. So that like, what, what is the most, what are the most attractive things in the world? Nature is attractive because it's just in the moment. Like sunsets are so mesmerizing. Nobody can look away. If there's an epic sunset, like there is very few people who are like not looking at it. It's so mesmerizing. It's so attractive mm-hmm. because it's just doing its thing. It's just in the moment. It's not trying to be an epic sunset. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't personally know sunsets, but you know, puppy dogs. Last night I was Not at, um, I was at dinner and in Greece, everyone has animals at dinner. It was outside and my friend came by and she brought her little four week old puppy that she rescued from um, a small town in Greece as the cutest little like docile. Mm. He's so floppy little bear. He's going to be massive, like a St. Bernard massive. Um, and he was so cute. And just like, he's a magnet. Everyone's attracted to him. She, she's annoyed. <laughs> 
right now because <laughs> because she literally came on the street seconds without people like taking her him out of her hand and like <laughs> everyone's obsessed with him because he's so in the moment right he's just in he's, he takes a nap whenever he wants he pees whenever he wants he barks and he's just in the experience he's just in the moment like trying to learn how to walk wobbling everywhere and the same with children they're in the moment they're playing and like it's hard to take your eyes off a kid who's right. just playing and so excited about something and they're just like fascinated by a butterfly and you're fascinated by them because they're so present. So presence, you know, it's like learn how to be with right now, learn how to be. It's like the oldest spiritual teaching since the beginning of time is like be here now and the power of now, Eckhart Tolle, the power of the present moment of presence of learning how, and so many of us just, I mean, we say this all the time, but if you can't be present, go get your nervous system regulated, do some somatic experiencing work, healing work on your nervous system, because most of us have dysregulated nervous systems. We've all had experiences that have been traumatizing in different ways and life itself <laughs> is a shit show. So, you know, there's constant stimulus, it's stressors that are causing us to be more and more disconnected from ourselves and our bodies. So do the, the healing and the anchoring in your body so that you can slow down more. And it's not going to be in every moment, but you can, you can be more present. You can taste your food more. You can have experiences that you actually love to have. So you're that woman walking through the world so that when you show up on the date, you're actually like, you're, you're like, that's what it, it felt like for me here in Greece, like going on dates when my life's already full. There's no part of me that's like, I need something from you. So if you could sign this contract or tell me like your star sign and your, your like baby weights and your blood type, like it's <laughs> like, there's no part of mm -hmm. me that was attached to an agenda. So I was able to just be in the experience. And did that mean mm -hmm. every single guy wanted me because I was had a full amazing life. No, absolutely not. That's not, but I didn't like, it's not, it's aligned or it's not aligned. It's right. not about like, I'm so glad you brought up rejection. It's we take everything personally when we're living from these protective mechanisms, trying to control everything. But when you learn to be in relationship with yourself, you know that it's not personal. And when you aren't choosing someone, it's also not personal. Your, your ego might tell you it's personal, but it's actually just not aligned. Right. I have another P. Oh my God. I thought you meant you had to be, I was like, no, wow, never I have another that. P last one, last one, based on all the things that you just said, pressure. Yes. Pressure. So try, trying, you know, I, I always use the analogy about the person who's like trying to look cool on the dance floor. Like, do they ever look cool? No. <laughs> do you ever want to go dance with them? No. <laughs> right. You want to dance with the person who just looks like they're having the freaking time of their life. Yeah. Right. And, and, and it's not like, oh, I now want to date that person. We want to be around yeah. the people who don't take themselves too seriously. The people who are relaxed in their body, the people who can own who they are, the people who are human, have humility, right? Cause it's also vulnerable to be joyful. Like I always say that it's not about sharing your childhood freaking trauma. It's no. vulnerable to, it's vulnerable to be who you are. Like that's what vulnerability is. It's saying I am open to the possibility of not being liked, right? I'm open to the possibility of being hurt. I'm open to the possibility of you not wanting to date me anymore and I'm okay. But pressure also, you know, if you're on a first date, like, do you want to get married? Do you want to have kids? What's your, what's your five-year plan? Uh, sorry, no one's going to want to go out. And this isn't about that you're not allowed to ask those questions, but you can feel the energy. I mean, I don't actually suggest asking them on date fucking one because you don't even know who this person is, right? And a lot of people, just because they, you want the same things doesn't mean they're the match 
for you. Right. And this, if you have pressure on yourself or pressure on the day, if you're in a rush, right, you can't relax and you won't be yourself. And then you won't have any idea what it feels like to be wanted, to be desired, or even to be attracted to someone. And I, it's like circling back to how you even started the episode about this, the, the pressure for women to have a timeline, right. And why we had Melise on the podcast, right. To, to showcase all the 20 billion different ways of doing life. And if you have people in your life that are putting pressure on you, like I'm very grateful that I did not have parents that were always in my face about finding a partner or having a child. My parents are very excited that we're having a baby right now, but they're not, they have, they've never been like, give me a grandkid. Like, when is it happening? Like, I'm very, very grateful for that because that behavior is super, super toxic and I'm done (laughs) with that shit in families. Like it's not okay. And we hope that you'll have the boundaries on, on being able to talk to your family members if they're talking to you like that on just how unhelpful pressure is like your life is for you. You are not here to give babies to your freaking parents, by by the way, like you're not here to be somebody's trophy wife. You're not here to look pretty. That is not why you are here on this planet. You are here to bring the gift of who you are to the world, to be surrounded by people who love you because nothing heals us more than that. I mean, I, my truth of falling in love with myself was literally one day sitting with girlfriends being like, okay, they all love me. They can't all be full of shit. Like actually letting the love of my girlfriends in is what transformed my life. Not being loved by a boyfriend, even though there's many things that have healed as a result of being loved by Andrew my first understanding of self-love happened when I believed in my friend's love for me. Yeah. And so there you have it for me on the things that kill attraction and how important it is to, you know, I was thinking, I want to do an episode about the qualities to look for in a partner, which of course will be about the qualities you need to embody for yourself, (laughs) yourself too. But this, this like people who can laugh at themselves, you know, like that, that place of, of comfort in their own skin where they can just be light. You know, for me that, that magic of light heartedness and, and I've shared about my first date with Andrew a thousand times, but that's the thing that I remember. Like we talked about the most ridiculous things. Talk about spirit animals. We talked about ghosts. We talked about the drum circles I was going to in Hawaii, you know, and here was this man in a three-piece suit and I had just lived in Hawaii and I had a huge nose ring and glitter all over my eyes and like a bright yellow sundress. And we just were completely and utterly ourselves. Like that, that was it. Like he didn't present as someone he was not. And the pressure, I mean, even just like think about like putting the the way anxiety feels, right? Like it's like pressure on your chest or how it feels when something's being squeezed, you know, you can't breathe, you you can't relax. And so when, when you're talking about like being present and relaxed, that that's the thing about what every episode has been about and what all the healing work that Kate and I offer is, is the actual way to relax right? The actual path to come home to yourself. So it doesn't become these esoteric, you know, topics. We actually show you how and, and talk about the daily rituals that help you relax. And it's so powerful. I mean, speaking of relax, every fucking birth book I've read, it's like the most important thing is relax. Of course. <laughs> like, <laughs> like everything is about, you know, you need to be relaxed. And if you don't know how to do that, 
then birth's going to be really freaking hard. But if you don't know how to relax, everything is really hard. Yeah. Every, everything is hard when you can't relax and you can't just have fun. And who are the most attractive people? The people who are vulnerable, authentic, not taking themselves too seriously, the people who are owning who they are. And then that's how you're going to, how do you know you love someone, let alone are you are loved if you're projecting perfection onto them, right? You don't love them. If you have an agenda for them, you don't love them. If you're judging everything that they do, because they're not doing it right. According to your perfectionistic little script you have going on in your head. Right. And, and I feel I, I am sad about what's happened to our culture around social media, right? It's a gift because gosh, right. Kate and I have connected people from all over the world. Thanks to social media. Kate and I stayed in contact with each other because of social media, (laughs) but you know, the, the gift and the curse is we're losing humanity. Like we're, we're forgetting that no, no one is immune to suffering. There is no such thing as perfection. You do, you do get to find someone who is aligned and you do deserve to be happy, but even in the best relationships, there will be disappointments and struggles and that won't, won't be the reason to break up. And you'll know how to spot, like the thing with perfectionism too, is you won't, you'll know how to spot toxic behavior right? Because it'll be right front and center rather than all this nuance because everything's black and white. We're making excuses for people who are behaving so badly. Like what? So, you know, be like, I'm so grateful. And we have the Facebook, I'm going to promote social media now. We have the new truth movement Facebook group where we hope you'll start, you know, sharing stories. And I think that's why everyone loves being in our group work. Because if you hear the stories of other women, when you can say, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not the only person who struggles with that. Oh, Oh, you look perfect on social media, but actually you're, you know, having the same feelings that I am. That's how we remember ourselves. That's actually how we truly come home and have the lives that we've always dreamed of having is because they become real, right? Mm. There's, there's no game to play and no persona to show and no, you know, um, checklist (laughs) to complete. Yeah, totally. And when you're in relationship with yourself, when you're, when you're dating, when you're having friendships, when you're doing anything, you get to deepen that connection and deepen it within yourself when the pain comes up. But in the fantasy, perfect relationship, pain arises and we want to run or we want to blame or we want to cheat or we want to whatever. We want to live in some fantasy where we don't pretend it's perfect when it's someone not else. <laughs> because we're so afraid to feel our pain because we don't know how. And when you know how to be in relationship to your pain, like those are the moments that bring, I think of our friendship, all my sisterhood friendships, like when we have our stuff arises and we have pain, that's when our friendships get even deeper because we bring it to each other and we own it and we, we meet each other there and we're actually willing to hear each other, not take it personally. And, and we own our side. Like it's, it, that's what creates intimacy is pain is going through the, the muck together. It's not the perfect moments. The perfect moments are a little part of intimacy, but the real intimacy is like, what do you do when it gets hard? Do you turn towards each other? Do you turn towards yourself first? It's probably good. And then, and then in your support system and then towards each other. So that, and, um, yeah, the last thing I'll say is like, whose world are you in? Whose world are you in? If you're in the other person's world, you are killing your, you're killing attraction because the most attractive thing in the world is someone who's in their own experience in their own world. That is the most mag magnetizing magnetic thing in the world. So stay in your own world, stay in your own car and, um, yeah, we love you. If you know a woman who is killing her attraction, 
you want to subtly send this her way, <laughs> um, share it with all your friends. And um, we love to hear from you on the Facebook group or anywhere in our DMs. Um, thank you for being our super listeners. We love you and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, You can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.